thank you for listening to Trekker Talk, a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair, from the pages of Trekker Comics by creator, writer, and artist Ron Randall. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth, and thanks for coming back for another episode. Just a reminder that this is a fan podcast, and the opinions expressed are just ours. Please consider visiting trekkercomic.com. That's Ron Randall's official site dedicated to Mercy St. Clair. It features a new page of Trekker material each Monday, where the Volstock payoff storyline is currently running. It's a dark and moody noir mystery set in the back streets and tunnels of New Gallif. Or as a couple of recent pages showed, it's also set on the rooftops of New Gallif. Also at the Trekker comic website, you will often find interesting posts on Thursdays. That's where Ron Randall occasionally shares key inspirations and insights into how he creates comics. Recently, he shared process sketches from an amazing watercolor titled Mercy in Space, and another post showed his processes for a Supergirl painting. And if you read a little more, you can learn what he thinks about the current Supergirl TV show. Ron Randall has also started an email newsletter, and the first issue was a Christmas present to fans, dropping on December 24th. He's planning to use the newsletter to keep fans up to date on major news and events, including information about upcoming printed volumes or convention appearances. The first issue talked about the progress of preparing the Jekka story for publication, including lots of polishing on the web version. Plus, he teased that the following volume will come out much faster than Jekka, so there's lots of Trekker material ahead. He went on to describe the newsletter as being for messages that are a little longer than the typical Facebook post or tweet, and said it would be infrequent, so don't worry about it filling up your inbox. Of course, we would never mind our email inbox filled with information about Trekker. You will also find links to all of the ways to follow Ron Randall on social media, including links for Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and his Patreon page, where you have the option to donate to help support the creation of brand new Trekker material. During this podcast, we'll sometimes refer to page numbers related to the story, especially when we are taking a closer look at the art. Trekker has been published in many formats over the years. This includes individual issues of a solo series, specials, and multi-part stories in the anthology series Dark Horse Presents. For our references, we use page numbers from the Trekker Omnibus. This collection was published in 2013. It includes all of the Trekker material up to that point in time. The Trekker Omnibus is available in print in a graphic novel collection, or you can get a digital copy from Comixology or the Dark Horse Comics app, as well as from the Amazon Kindle store. If you do happen to own the books in any of these digital formats, please consider taking a moment to rate the books. By doing so, you may encourage new readers to give the series a try. In this episode, we are celebrating the beginning of a new year with Mercy St. Clair's origin story from Sins of the Fathers, which was featured in the double-length Trekker Color Special in July 1989 from Dark Horse Comics. And later in the episode, we'll share some of the great comments and feedback we've received since last time. We think the show is more fun for everyone when we hear from you. We really enjoy sharing your comments, so please write in and let us know what you think about Trekker. Who are your favorite characters? What are your favorite scenes? What do you like best about the world of Trekker? We'd really like to know. And please feel free to point out anything we missed. Please share your opinion on any aspect of the books. So listen at the end of the episode for ways to contact us, and we'll be sure to include your comments in a future episode. Plus, later in the episode, we'll be announcing the winner of our final giveaway contest featuring a color print signed by Ron Randall. Sins of the Fathers is a 42-page story that is divided into four chapters. It was featured in the double-length Trekker Color Special from July 1989 and published by Dark Horse Comics. The story appears in the Trekker Omnibus from pages 220 to 262, and we'll be covering the first two chapters in this episode. The story is written and illustrated by Ron Randall with letters by Ken Brusniak. 
Colors in the original issue were done by Lorraine Haynes, but it was recolored by Jeremy Colwell for the omnibus. The issue features a wraparound cover. The left side of the cover shows the faces of two men we haven't met before, but we'll get to know very well in this issue. The right side features Mercy looking like she is standing at attention with her weapon held vertically in her right hand. She is staring directly at the reader with a stern look on her face. Our story opens at a training facility located on a barren plain on the planet Vitreus. Inside, dozens of people are working out intensely using a variety of exercise equipment. The older white-haired man we saw on the cover is watching from an observation deck. He turns to a younger man and tells him to run the students another two hours. As the old man walks out of the shadows, we see his left arm and left leg are shriveled as if decayed. Both limbs are supported inside metal frames. He walks into an office with a sign on the door that says, Angus McKee, Director. Inside, he finds Mercy St. Clair leaning against his desk with luggage sitting on the floor. She smiles and says, It's been ages, hasn't it? She first met him seven years earlier when she enrolled in his training school. She's heard about his injury and has come to find out what happened. Here we get the first of several flashbacks in the issue to when Mercy was a child and playing with her mother Jillian and her father Alan, who was a street cop at the time, just like his brother Alex. It was a happy and loving home until her mother contracted Delthian wasting disease. Alan resorted to buying a dangerous and banned drug from the Lafif smuggling gang that kept his wife's illness in remission. However, the price increased as the drug became more difficult to smuggle into the city, and before long, Alan St. Clair was cut off for falling behind on his payments, and Jillian died once she no longer had the medication. Channeling his anger, Alan started a one-man investigation into the Lafif smuggling gang. It eventually led him to Clement Verhaus, a political heavyweight. Alan's only diversion seemed to be his strenuous workouts, and a young Mercy began joining him looking for any opportunity to spend time with her father. Finally satisfied with the details of his investigation after several years, Alan turned over all of the evidence to his precinct captain, only to find the report was buried and never investigated. This shocked Alan out of his depression, and he apologized to Mercy for the years he had wasted, but he never had the opportunity to make things up to Mercy because that night a hired gunman from Verhaus came to their home and killed Alan. Running up from behind, Mercy grabbed a weapon from a shelf, shooting and injuring the killer. Her uncle Alex tried to console Mercy, but she called her father a fool for being careless and trusting in the system. Mercy had been living with her uncle Alex for a year when the city approved the new Trekker ordinance, creating licensed bounty hunters. The news enraged Alex, but Mercy knew it was just what she should do. Unable to convince her otherwise, Alex at least insisted that she trained with the best, so at the age of 17, she enrolled in Angus McKee's brand new training school. Chapter 2 opens back in the present with Mercy working out with a training droid when Angus McGee points out to her that she is distracting the male students. Angus asks her if she remembers Karch, and her next flashback begins as Mercy remembers her time at the training school, and we meet the other man featured on the cover of the issue. Karch was a determined fighter intent on being the very best in class, but he keeps finding himself tied at the top of the ratings with someone named St. Clair. Karch had a proposal for her. He thought if the two trained together, they could improve their skills, and soon, training turns into romance. As they approached graduation after two years at the school, Karch broke things off with Mercy, telling her that he had allowed himself to rest too much and he was a fool to fall in love. He told her there was a reason he had to be the best, but shook his head, unable to explain the details. 
At graduation, Mercy intentionally did badly, allowing Karch to take the top score. He immediately left after graduation, and she hasn't seen him since. Back in the present, Angus tells Mercy his injuries were from Karch, who ambushed him. It turns out Karch is a member of the Trillian Sept. More than 20 years earlier, during the Martian campaigns, several men under Angus's command were killed, including Karch's father. It appears that Karch trained at the school to learn all about Angus so he could later fulfill a vendetta against him. While Karch was able to ambush him, and though injured, Angus was able to hold him off. The framing Angus is now wearing is designed to help regenerate his limbs, but the damage is so severe that doctors aren't sure it will be effective. Meanwhile, on the planet of Bay, Karch is being criticized by several other members of the Trillian sect. They tell him his injuries are healed, and it's time for him to complete the vendetta against Angus. And we'll stop there and save the second half of the story for the next episode. You probably all hate us for that, but we like covering a single issue worth of material in each episode. It gives us the opportunity to cover the story in detail. Plus, this story splits very well at this point, because the first two chapters feature extensive flashbacks, while the plot moves forward in time in the next two chapters. So after learning only snippets about Mercy's past in the series so far, in this issue we get huge helpings of her family history and her Trekker origin story. We see Mercy's mother and father for the first time, and we learn why she distrusts the police force and why she resents her father. Of course, whether or not to agree with her feelings is a matter open for interpretation by each reader. I enjoyed seeing what Mercy looked like at different ages. It adds lots to the appreciation of her character. I really like the visual introduction of Angus McKee. The approach was clever. By design, the angles and lighting hid the injuries from the reader on the first page. But when you turn the page and see the revelation, you can look back and see the subtleties that suggest the shape of his disfigured limbs and the bracing. I'm always a fan of interesting architectural designs, so I really like the variety of skylights in Mercy's childhood home, and there's a nice spiral staircase there as well. And the Trekker Training Center has some interesting designs, especially like her sleeping quarters when she's back to visit Angus. It was great to see Trekker in color again after several black and white issues. We've talked before about our enjoyment of Trekker in both black and white and color. There is much to appreciate either way, and going through the omnibus gives every reader the chance to experience that firsthand. The story was originally printed in color and has been recolored for the omnibus. It looks great in the original version, but if you have the omnibus, you are treated to new, rich, and vibrant colors by the great Jeremy Colwell. It's always wonderful to see his work. And our story comes to an end there for now. But Mercy will be back in an action-packed wrap-up to the story next time. So now let's talk about our favorite pages and panels. Ruth, what were yours? Oh, I have a few. Let's turn to page 231. Okay. All right. So there, I like how the top half is dark with purples and blues and then lightens up when she runs downstairs where the lights are on and the gun is firing. It's scary and tragic, and the colors, the panel sizes, and the sloping angles of the panels help convey the story very well. I really am glad you pointed out that page. I hadn't chosen it myself, but I really like it. And now I'll turn over to 240. I enjoyed the varied use of lighting from different light sources on this page. It starts with the light from the hallway shining in. Then the light in the room is casting some great shadows, especially on the faces in the bottom center panel. Then it ends with the light actually being switched off. Very nice. And for me, winning pages often make a big overall impression. 
Maybe it's the panel design or splash page or some spectacular aspect. So I found that today I actually selected my winning page with none of those reasons in mind. Instead, I chose page 245, and I chose it. Wait, wait, let me get there. Okay. Okay. Because it has so many impressive individual panels. Just take a look at the very center panel with the action shot and the blast off in the distance, and then jump down to the bottom close-up of Angus and Mercy, along with that very last panel at the bottom of the two of them in silhouette. I'm really glad you chose that one, too, because I almost chose that as one of my favorite pages, but it just got dropped off. So I'm glad you uh, shared it with us. You're welcome. So I'm curious, what did you choose? I'm thinking yours didn't match mine. Okay, well, actually, I would say my runner-up page would be the final page, 246. So just another page away. Mm -hmm. And it's the way it features a great variety of scenery from the unique plants to the smoke and shadows as Karch prepares for his next meeting with Angus. I really like the mood of that page. I remember I looked at that and considered that for a favorite as well. So it was a runner up for me. And my favorite page is a tough one. It's all the way back to page 228. So I'll give you just a moment to get there. I've got it now. Okay. So this page features so much history about Mercy and her parents, but it's a tough page to choose because it's so sad. We see Mercy's father in a dark alley buying the medication that keeps his wife healthy. We see happy times with the whole family and how much Alan loves Jillian. We see Alan get turned away when his credit runs out. And then we see Jillian become ill again and the page ends with her funeral. There's just so much emotion on the page. It's so well drawn. Uh, It's just gripping and excellent, but so sad. I agree with you there. It was a lot of story all in one page. Very tragic. So what about your favorite panels? Okay, let me get get my notes here. Go to page 229. Okay, that's easy. (laughs) (laughs) And in the very center of that page, I'm impressed with the room where Mercy and her dad are playing a sports game. The wall has so many different angles and sloped surfaces for the ball to ricochet around that I know this really helped her prepare to be a trekker. Uh, Good point. And then, okay, 10 pages over, page 239. I love the little silhouette of Mercy and Karch in the cafeteria. It's casual and captures a very nice moment. Interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that you would have chosen that panel, but at the same time, I know why you did, because those little moments between the two of them are really interestingly drawn. They tell a lot of the story in just a few panels. Nice. How about you? Favorite panels? So we'll have to turn back a few pages to page 223. And when we get there, I really like the scene of the training facility in the desert wilderness. It's a great Mm -hmm. way to open the story, and it really nicely establishes the location. And then if we turn forward, almost back to where you were before, to page 232 on the left. This is a moody scene. It's another sad scene of Mercy and Alex following the death of her father with the rich choice of colors, the police presence, the skimmer cars hovering in the air. It looks a lot like a scene from Blade Runner to me and at the same time evokes mystery and adventure and yet again so much sadness, Mm -hmm. which there's so much sadness in the first part of this story. But my winning panel is just a couple of pages later on page 234, The lower left, it's a simple scene of Mercy in her room at the training facility. 
but I like the way the shadows from the window frames cover the room, looking like the bars of a jail cell. I don't know if it was intentional, but it makes me think of how Mercy appears to be free to live her life as she pleases, but the truth is that she's trapped by all the personal history that we've just witnessed. Now that's really deep. <laughs> I had not <laughs> thought of that before, but I can see that that comparison. Wow. Yeah, it really jumps off the page, I think, when you go through the story. At least it did to me. Right. Now that you say it, that's what I'm going to be thinking as I look at that. Very nice. It's now time for Who's Who, when we talk about significant characters from the stories and get to know them just a little better. We don't look ahead because we don't want to spoil the stories for anyone reading them for the first time. That means we'll revisit characters over time as we learn more things about them. Mercy St. Clair is a bounty hunter known as a trekker. In this issue, we learn about the tragic deaths of her parents and how she joined Angus in the training school for trekkers at the age of 17. Now, seven years later, she lives in Antari Alley, which is a bad part of New Gellif, where she spends most of her money on weapons for her job and food for her pet docs named Scuff. Alex St. Clair is Mercy's uncle. He and Mercy's father, Alan, were both street cops in the past. After Mercy's father was killed, Mercy lived with her uncle, and though he disagreed with her decision, Alex enrolled her into Angus McKee's training school when she insisted on becoming a trekker. Alex has stayed in the police force and has risen to the rank of lieutenant. Angus McKee was a former military officer during the Martian campaigns, who later opened a training school when laws were passed to approve trekkers as bounty hunters. Mercy trained at the school when it was originally located on Earth in the city of New Gellif, but in recent years the school moved to the planet Vitreus, where Angus was ambushed and injured by a former student. Like Mercy, Karch was one of the earliest students at Angus McKee's training school. The two were constantly at the top of the class. They trained together and developed a romantic relationship, but Karch broke it off just before the two graduated. Now, seven years later, we learn that Karch was the son of a trillion military officer who died because of a decision Angus made during the Martian campaigns. As is required by his people, Karch has sworn a vendetta against Angus. Next up is Trekker Transmissions, where we share the listener feedback we've received since last time. We sincerely appreciate everyone who took the time to write in. Thank you all. Joe Crawford wrote us about our Star Wars-themed Episode 12. He said, Shadows of the Empire was one of my favorite expanded universe novels, and it was exciting to find out that Ron Randall had worked on the comics. Not long after, he tweeted a photo of the trade that he tracked down and read, commenting that both the art and story were great. We're happy we were able to bring those issues to the attention of others like Joe who would enjoy them. Dr. G said that particular episode was awesome. Thanks, Dr. G. That means a lot to us knowing what a big fan you are of Star Wars. And we encourage everyone to seek out the fun Pulp to Pixels episodes where they covered the latest Star Wars movie. Professor Allen also dropped us a note saying he enjoyed the occasional non-Trekker episode for the variety. We're happy to hear that. We love Trekker, but we also enjoy the opportunity to cover other works by Ron Randall. We covered Supergirl and Star Wars episodes in 2015, and we plan to cover some of Ron Randall's time on Star Trek when that new movie is released. And with the upcoming release of several Justice League movies, we're also going to cover some of Ron Randall's issues of the Justice League comic. We were also pleased to hear over at the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network that Professor Allen gave the Trekker comic an honorable mention award as one of the best comics he read in 2015. We were delighted to hear it mentioned on such a great show. Ruth Reese loved the signed print that she won in last month's contest. She wrote to say it actually arrived on Christmas Eve, and that made it even more special. We want to thank Tony Greenall for promoting us on Twitter. He complimented the show, saying it is an excellent podcast and that he's happy whenever a new episode pops up in his podcast feed. 
On Twitter, Tony alerted his friends to a new Trekker page using the moniker The Mighty Ron Randall, who modestly replied, saying, I don't know about mighty, but I think I usually achieve dependable. To which Tony explained that when he googled the word dependable, he found loads of people, but when he searched for the word mighty, he only found Ron Randall. I must say we agree with you, Tony. We've been sharing the occasional comic panel from the first Trekker story on social media this month, and we've had lots of likes and shares, as well as some fun comments on several of the panels. Thank you all. Ron Randall posted a fun picture of Mercy using the reeler from the current Volstock payoff storyline, with the corresponding text, to which artist Stephen Derrick replied, saying, I can't help but make sound effects when I draw. That's a fun thought, and it must be part of the Trekker sound effect soundtrack. John Baker commented on a recent page of the Volstock payoff, adding that adventure seems to gravitate toward Mercy. John also liked the panel of Mercy St. Clair relaxing for a quiet moment with Scuff on the couch and posted a great question. Just what would she watch on her vid screen? Would it be something like Gilmore Girls, he wondered? That got some good replies on Twitter. We chimed in and suggested the fun show Due South about a Canadian Mountie and his pet wolf. And Brian Mulvey suggested the kids show Davy and Goliath. Thanks, John, for sparking some good fun conversations. Over on Facebook, we had a nice exchange with Ron Randall. He is looking forward to the next steps in the series. He said, assuming, of course, we get mercy through the Volstock story, safe and sound. Brian Mulvey shared a photo on Twitter of a Supergirl original sketch by Ron Randall that he received from his wife Lou for Christmas. He's already gotten it framed and posted a picture on Twitter. Gorgeous. And continuing the Supergirl theme, Ron Randall shared a picture of his lovely wife with a Supergirl painting he gave her for Christmas and shared that he used her as his model when he worked on the Supergirl comics. Brian Mulvey shared a picture on Twitter of an original Sunday strip of Prince Valiant by Hal Foster to celebrate the 75th anniversary of that particular panel. That prompted Between the Pages to search for a Prince Valiant cake, but to no avail. But along the way, she found photos of two terrific Ming the Merciless cakes to share, and ended up doing a great blog post that includes information on those cakes, and she mentioned Trekker Talk in the post. Thank you. You never know how things like Ming the Merciless and Prince Valiant could be connected until someone like Between the Pages does some research. It turns out that there was an ABC Super Saturday movie that once featured a team-up of Flash Gordon and Prince Valiant. We'll include links to that post in the show notes. We want to extend our Trekker thanks to everyone who supported us on social media since last episode. These are people who favorited or retweeted our tweets from at Trekker Talk or liked Facebook or Tumblr pages. Thanks to everyone who took the time to share news about Trekker Talk with others. Your support really helps draw attention to the show and best of all, help others discover Trekker. So before we start, let us say if we miss a name, please let us know and we'll correct it in the next episode. And also forgive us if we mispronounce your name. Just email us and let us know, and we'll be happy to correct that next episode as well. Adrienne Grayson, Amy Inyart, Ange of the Supergirl Comics Box Commentary Blog, Between the Pages Blog, Bill Robinson, Brian Mulvey, Cedric LaPointe, Selena, Chris Mounts, Chris Ingle, Christopher Warden, Claudia Zimmer, Coffee and Comics Blog, Cullen Stapleton, Dan O'Connor, David Cote, Deborah Franklin, Dr. G. Nerdologist of the Pulp to Pixel podcast, Ed, Terry, and Nick Moore of Till Productions, Eli, Final Issue Podcast, Fire Source, Frank Cooper, Gene Hendricks of The Hammer Strikes, Gus Ceballos of the Mike Grell Facebook page, Greg Arujo, Hippogram, Indie Film Life, Jeff Messer from the Geek Brain Popcast, Colorist Extraordinaire Jeremy Caldwell, Joe Coffey, Joey Thompson, John Baker, our congoing friend Jorel Hamilton, Joe Crawford, just to stop along the road. 
Keith G. Baker, Kyle Benning of King Size Comics, Giant Size Fun. Laurie S. Sutton, former DC editor and writer of the You Choose Adventure books. Laser Punk, Lily Turner, Martin Gray of the Too Dangerous blog, Nathan Redman, Pablo Ventura, Paper Rocket Ship, The Amazing Team at Periscope Studio, Professor Allen of the Relatively Geeky Network, Rob Kelly of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, Robin Studio, Rolled Spine Podcast, Ron Horak, Ron Randall himself, Ruth Reese, Ryan Daly of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, Serving Doctor Who, Shag of Firestorm Fan Fame and the Fire and Water Podcast Network, Sonorousness, Space Cowboy Sci-Fi, Spin You Past the Madness, Squid Nova, Steve Lieber of Periscope Studio, Stephen Derrick, Stephen Smith, Thomas Reed, Tim Wallace at Cord Industries. That's the Blue Beetle blog, and in case you haven't heard, he has just recently started a new blog called the Phantom Skull Cave, all about the Phantom. Timothy G. Kramer of the Provocative Praise blog, TLG, Tony Greenall, Warren Montgomery of Will Lil Comics, Will Polk, and the Worst Comic Podcast Ever. It's time for the Trekker Toast Award, where we recognize someone who has gone above and beyond in supporting Trekker Talk. This person is an avid podcast listener and supporter on Facebook, and he's managed to get Trekker Talk mentioned on other podcasts by writing letters and recommending our show. He included us on his list of top podcasts of the week multiple times during the last several months, and we were honored that he named both Trekker Talk and Warlord Worlds among the best new podcasts of 2015. So we lift our glasses and give a thankful Trekker toast to Chris Mounts. Congratulations, Chris. We really appreciate everything you do for us. And we'll be back after we play this promo about a special upcoming podcast. My name is Stella, and I host Backroll to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. I, along with my dear friend Donovan Morgan Grant, are going to be hosting a special Backroll to Oracle episode called The Minority Report. I'm putting the call out right now for anyone that identifies himself or herself as a minority to have a discussion centering around this question, are minorities portrayed properly in media? Now, Donovan Morgan Grant and I will be leading this discussion and would like your input. So whatever your nationality, ethnicity, gender identification, or sexual orientation, if you are interested in being a part of this conversation, please contact me at backroadoracle at gmail.com. This discussion will take place in early 2016. Heterosexual white males need not apply. Thank you, and I look forward to hearing from you.
It's time for What's Up, when we talk about other things going on outside the world of Trekker. Of course, last episode, we covered Star Wars Shadows of the Empire Evolution, with art by Ron Randall, to celebrate the new Star Wars movie. And like most everyone else in the world, we've now seen the new movie. However, if you haven't seen the movie, but still plan to see it, you may want to skip a couple of minutes of the show to avoid any spoilers. We thoroughly enjoyed the new movie. It had the look and feel of the original trilogy. It was exciting, fast-paced, but it was also funny when it needed to be. It was wonderful to revisit the characters we love from the original trilogy. Leia, Han, Chewbacca, C-3PO. They were all perfectly performed by Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Peter Mayhew, and Anthony Daniels. And though he only had one scene, the look on Mark Hamill's face at the end of the movie was stirring. Anguish, sadness, disappointment, expectation, resolve. All those emotions and more were on his face. Plus, we immediately liked and identified with the new characters. Daisy Ridley as Ray and John Boyega as Finn were perfect note for note through the entire movie. Adam Driver was a believably conflicted Kylo Ren. We didn't see much of Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron in this movie, but his character was interesting and his performance was strong. I'm sure we'll see much more of him in the next movie. Han Solo's death scene seemed to still shock viewers, even though I think most viewers went into the movie expecting it. Harrison Ford has been quite vocal about Star Wars over the years, so we certainly expected the character to die. And while we would have preferred to see him continue in the movies, we will say that we thought the death scene was handled perfectly. It was tense, emotional, and inevitable, and it really helped set up significant plot points for the subsequent films. So a solidly good scene. Of course, the movie wasn't perfect. No movie is. We've heard some complaints about it being too similar to the first movie, and that may be true, but we felt that it was an intentional parallel story, so it didn't bother us. It was a little disappointing to have yet another Death Star-type superweapon. Yes, the Starkiller base was larger than the other Death Stars, and there were a few differences, but a completely different type of weapon would have been refreshing. But the thing I had the most trouble with was just learning that our heroes from the original trilogy seem to have had miserable lives since the credits rolled on The Return of the Jedi. The essence of the Empire survived, changing its name to the First Order. Han and Leia had a son who turned to the dark side and destroyed Luke's new academy, killing all of the Jedi he was training. Han and Leia split up, and Han and Chewbacca lost the Millennium Falcon, and Luke went into self-imposed exile. It was tough thinking about those triumphant heroes falling so far. I wish the writers had found a way to retain our heroes' triumphant past while still giving them a need to continue to fight. But those are just quibbles and don't detract from all of the good things about the movie. We thoroughly enjoyed it overall and eagerly look forward to the next movie. Switching from film to television, one of our all-time favorite TV shows is celebrating an anniversary this month. The Avengers, the British sci-fi espionage series featuring John Steed and his many associates, including Kathy Gale, Emma Peel, Tara King, Mike Gambit, and Pretty, first premiered in the UK in January 1961, so this is its 55th anniversary. We love the show and have been re-watching episodes on DVD to celebrate. And we had the opportunity for a couple of fun outings recently as well. The North Carolina Museum of Art had an amazing exhibit that featured more than 130 original works by M.C. Escher, including many of his most famous pieces. I've always been fascinated by his art, and it was wonderful to see so many of his spectacular works in person. And there was a wonderful Chinese lantern festival on a lake at a park in a nearby town. It featured nearly two dozen outdoor displays, including lanterns designed to look like lotus flowers, animals such as pandas, giraffes, zebras, and penguins, as well as large temples and Christmas trees. And my favorite was a nearly 200-foot-long dragon lantern that was floating on water at the edge of the lake. It was beautiful, and the reflections it created were just lovely. 
Those were two fantastic local events that we were happy to be able to attend, and a couple of great ways to say goodbye to one year and welcome in the new year. And speaking of the new year, we hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season. We try to keep things simple at Christmas and give each other only small gifts. For instance, Ruth knows I love chocolate-covered cherries, and she got me some of those for Christmas. So we usually only get each other one sizable gift at Christmas. And Ruth outdid herself yet again by getting me an amazing original pencil and ink drawing of Mercy St. Clair by Ron Randall. It was a great way to end the year. It's a spectacular piece with Mercy at the top of a building looking down and her cape flowing behind her. It's gorgeous, and I love it. And we were touched by the many good wishes we received from the many other Trekker fans out there. Thank you for the many online greetings and the holiday cards we received. And our friends Brian and Louie even sent us lovely gifts, including C's candies that are quite difficult to get here on the East Coast. And Darren got a little money from a relative who just didn't know what to give him. But I had no problem of thinking what to get, so I quickly hopped onto the Periscope Studio Etsy store and picked up the two whiteout trade paperbacks written by Greg Rucka with art by Steve Lieber. And they were signed by Steve Lieber as well, so that was a great extra present. It's time to announce the winner of our final contest. As we mentioned in the other episodes, we picked up four Trekker prints signed by Ron Randall at Baltimore Comic Con, and we've enjoyed the opportunity to give those away in these contests. Our final contest was called You Choose, in honor of friend of the podcast Lori Sutton, who writes the excellent You Choose series of adventure books with classic characters including Aquaman, Batman, Superman, and Scooby-Doo. They're great books that we highly recommend for children. All of the contests were fun for us, and we hope it has been fun for you as well. But all good things must come to an end, so it's time to make that final drawing. Okay, let me get the names. Okay, I'm going to choose one. Okay, the winner is Tony Greenall. Congratulations, Tony. Wow, you know, Tony was one of the first recipients of our Trekker Toast Award, so he's racking up valuable prizes from us. We'll contact you, Tony, to get your mailing address, and we'll send you the print. And again, we sincerely thank all of you who participated in our contest. We wish everyone could have won. We're going to vary from our regular format here and play one more promo with a special announcement from some friends of ours. In fact, I think we should record a promo about all the changes to the Fire & Water Podcast Network happening this year. What do you think, Rob? That's a great idea. We can mention the new folks joining the network and all the shows. I can talk about how we'll continue with our Aquaman and Firestorm show, and I want to be sure to plug my movie show, The Film and Water Podcast. What about you, Ryan? Oh, I think we should definitely record a promo. I'll mention how the Secret Origins Podcast is joining the Fire and Water Network, and then I'll introduce my newly relaunched shows, Give Me Those Star Wars and Power of Fishnets, The Black Canary and Zatanna Podcast. Sound good to you, Chris? Absolutely. I'll mention the show I record with my lovely wife, Cindy, Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. We should probably also mention the Power Records podcast Rob and I do, too. What about you, Siskoid? Well, sure. I can talk about my ensemble show, the Lonely Hearts Romance Comics podcast, and my new upcoming shows about the DC Comics crossover event, Invasion, and yes, Oh Hot Moo. Shag, you think we should mention Hero Points, the most occasional DC Heroes role-playing podcast? Sure, why not? And I can talk about Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe, and mention my new upcoming show, Justice League International, Wahaha podcast. Now, here's what I'm thinking. When we record, I'm fine being the first person talking. I can explain all the changes to the Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Why do you get to start the promo? I'm just as much of a part of this as you are. It was my idea to create the Fire and Water podcast back in 2011. I should start off this promo. 
I kind of think it should be one of the new voices who kick off the promo. It'll shock the listener into attention if it's not Rob or Shag. Cindy and I make up two people in the network. Plus, you know, ladies first. So we should be the first people talking on the promo. Ben, voyons donc. You have what? got uh, what? to. No, the French cannot be the Enough! Stop it. You're like boys with toys. Let's just make this simple. We can tell the folks at home the Fire and Water Podcast Network is growing in 2016. Several new shows are joining the network. We'll have a new dedicated website, a Twitter account, and Facebook page, and folks will be able to subscribe to each individual show or all of them. See, now was that so hard? Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available soon through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and fireandwaterpodcast.com. Seriously, Shag, you had to get the last word, didn't you? Before we go, we want to provide our contact information. Please let us know your thoughts through email, Facebook, or Twitter. Also, if you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. That's a terrific way to help get the show noticed and perhaps attract more listeners to help grow Trek or fandom. And please consider subscribing to the show so you always know when there's a new episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you want to contact us directly, just send us an email at trekkertalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr using the name Trekker Talk. And you can always visit trekkertalk.com for links to all of our social media pages. Please use the hashtag trekkercomic and hashtag trekkertalk in your messages to help other fans find and follow the conversations. For those of you interested in the music that Ron Randall listens to while working on Trekker, he uses the hashtag Trekker Soundtrack. If you have ideas for other hashtags for Trekker or Mercy, let us know and we'll share them. Remember, at trekkercomic.com, you'll find a new page every Monday, as well as links to all the ways you can find Ron Randall. And he often responds to posts on his Facebook page and on his Patreon page. So post to his pages and let him know, and other fans know, what you think of his new Trekker pages. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will come back next month for another new episode of Trekker Talk. Talk is not affiliated with Dark Horse Comics or Ron Randall. The views expressed on the show are solely ours. Music is taken from the album Royalty Free Music, Movies, and Videos from the Royalty Free Music Club. Sound effects are taken from the albums Space Weapons and Lasers, Number One Sound Effects from Movies, TV, and Websites, Hollywood Sound Effects Volume 4, Instrumental Sound Effects, Sound Effects Library Volume 1, and Asian Gongs and Bells. We make no money from this podcast and no copyright infringement is intended.